Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Clemson football with LeVon Kirkland. Welcome to Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I am Will Vandervoort. Uh, appreciate you guys joining us as we uh, kind of head toward the doldrums of summer, if you will. Now that spring football's over, the NFL draft is over. Bring in my good friend, LeVon Kirkland. You guys know him, you love him. Uh, Clemson Ring of Honor member, Clemson Hall of Fame, South Carolina Football Hall of Fame, Pittsburgh Steeler legend. I can go on and on. He needs to get in the College Football Hall of Fame. I know he's up for that, and and he needs to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because, you know, Kevin Green's already in there. Rod Woodson's already in there from that team. We need to get LeVon Kirkland in there uh, from that team. Coach Cowers on in there from that team. Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 99 needs to be in there, man. I'm just saying. You know, I am open to the possibilities. <laughs> I am open are. to the possibilities. So if the universe is going to want to work with me, that'd be great. And you also forgot a guy named Damani Dawson that's also in there as well. That's right. From that How did I forget Damani Dawson? Forgive me, Damani Dawson. How you forgot Damani Dawson? How did I forget one of the greatest centers to ever play the game of football? Um, and I forgot. I, I would say, yes, I would say in the last 20 years, he's probably the best center. To ever play the game. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with that. And it yes. has nothing to do with me being a Pittsburgh Steelers home. It has nothing to do with Pittsburgh at all. It's no. just, if you saw that guy play, you will understand the reasons why I'm very high on him. He was a tremendous player. I, I haven't really seen a lot of players who could snap and still pull for the sweep. You that don't. was incredible to me. And he, the nicest guy, you think I'm a nice guy. He's very, he's a very nice guy, but boy, he would put you on your back in a game. <laughs> he was a nice guy off the, on the, off the field, right. not on the field. No, you know what's funny? He was a nice guy on the field. Really? He would just knock you out. <laughs> well, but he was a nice guy. He'll help you back up, though. <laughs> I wasn't that nice. Yeah. 44-99 didn't help people back up when he hit them. <laughs> no way. <laughs> God gave you a body. Help yourself up. <laughs> I do know what you would though do help people. You'd help them with betting, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Yeah, you give it. You give them some tips. Help them out, right? Make sure that they go to their do their you know uh, these prop bets and stuff that they would be you know that you make sure they do the right things, right? You give them the right advice, right? 
Oh, you know, last year I was pretty good with the over and under. So maybe you will come to me with some advice. Actually, you were really good. I think you finished yeah. like what, 21 and eight or something ridiculous. Yeah, I had a pretty good record. You like kicked my butt. I was like 13 and 13 or something. <laughs> I, I was like horrible. It wasn't even, it wasn't even close. Um, but uh, so listen to what LeVon says when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, uh, betting and stuff like that, especially the game of football. Guy knows what he's talking about for obvious reasons. I mean, for obvious, obvious reasons. So, yeah, and, you know, I still keep, keep up with the game and I trust my eyes. So, yeah, therefore, I'm right more times than I'm wrong. Listen to a former NFL player, NFL coach, college coach, um, yeah. defensive coordinator, uh, yes. all the all above. The place. That, yes, that will the definitely place. tell you why you need to listen to what he's saying. If you want to just listen to me for comedy reasons, that's fine. I'm okay with that too. But if you, <laughs> but if you want to bet on the games and stuff, we want you to get over over to BetOnline.ag. They're our partners um, over there at BetOnline, and they continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So find out all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Um, and don't forget this weekend, as the run to the roses is on at the Kentucky Derby. I know LeVon's going to be wearing his hat. And oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be ready to roll down there in Louisville as they get ready to run the Kentucky Derby. So Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, again, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, it's betonline.ag, betonline, where the game starts. And I always like when it ends that way, where the game starts, because it helps us go to where we're going to start. Right. Right? I mean, it's like a good segue. I'm just able to go straight into it. I don't have to mess around and – and do all this stuff. So we're going to start with the NFL draft. We'll talk to we'll talk a little bit about this. Clemson, of course, related. Um, we might talk about a certain quarterback at Pittsburgh because I've got some opinions. If anybody follows me on Twitter, they understand those opinions already. Right. Um, and then we're also going to talk about uh, you know Clemson players in next year's draft. What we think mm-hmm. that could happen there, and you need to get excited, Clemson fans. I think it's going to be a much better draft next year for your Tigers. And then, um, and then we'll get into uh, some NIL talk and uh, the college football uh, early top 25 stuff again, just kind of want to get back into that. We didn't really kind of touched on a little bit last week, but not too much. So, but Mm -hmm. LaVon, we're going to start off with, we'll start off with the draft. First of all, we're going to, we're going to get to Clemson here in just a second. So bear with me. I want LaVon's thoughts though, as a former Pittsburgh Steeler. Mm Mm-hmm a guy who understands more than anything how important the quarterback position is in the NFL. Your thoughts on Kenny Pickett, the Steelers taking Kenny Pickett with the number 20 pick in the draft, which means they took him as their first, their first round pick, which is a commitment. They're, they're mm-hmm. giving a commitment to Kenny Pickett to say, hey, look, this is your guy. Now, I got my thoughts, LeVon, on this thing. I'm going to talk about it in a second, but I want to hear yours first. Well, I'll be honest with you. I was a little surprised because the whole time they were talking about Willis being that number one guy from Liberty, that he was everything that they wanted, uh, a quarterback who can escape the pocket, a quarterback who has some real, some real talent as far as 
and his ceiling is really high. So I was a little surprised, but then as you look at it, maybe not so, so surprised because I think Pickett was there. I think he was more of what they thought a sure deal as far as coming in this year and perhaps starting. More so than Willis, I think Willis was going to be a guy that he wasn't going to start right away. He was going to maybe start a couple of years or the next, the very next year. So I was a little surprised with that because it seemed like Pittsburgh was really high. But a lot of times, you know, when they're doing this, this draft, man, they're, they're trying to fool people. They're trying to make people think one thing and they're doing another. It's kind of like the Kansas City shuffle. You look right. I'm doing something to your left side. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise, especially when you look at Pickett. And uh, I think this is kind of Nick Pickett. One of the things that people are really concerned with is he's not really good as far as holding on to the ball is concerned. <laughs> and in some cases, you know, that is a big deal. You know, now you got these really tremendous defensive ends that are coming for you, and they're coming to chop that ball off. Can you hold on to the ball? We'll see if that's a big issue or not. But 36 fumbles. 36 fumbles. I'm a little surprised that they got him. I, I really am. I'm a little surprised that they got him. It's almost like, Let's make up for the Dan Marino back in 1983. Yes. <laughs> Let's make up for that and choose somebody. This time, we're going to choose a quarterback from Pitt, which I thought you probably should have done back in 1983 or 84. One of the, I think it was 83. 83 draft. Yeah, it was 83 draft. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, uh, so, that was Terry's last year, and yeah. they knew Terry was going to retire probably more than likely after that year. He was going to give it one more season, and um, and then that's what happened, so. But I think also there were some issues with Dan Marino off the field that was concerning with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think that's one of the reasons why. I don't think it was. I, I don't. I, I, don't I have it, no but. idea what you could be talking about. Did <laughs> <laughs> them? Did they ship them to a place that really had that problem? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm a little baffled. I wasn't – I thought they were going to go another way with it. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I thought they were going to go with Willis because everything I heard was if Willis falls to 20, the Steelers were going to take Willis. Now, first of all, let's just say the obvious thing in the room. When the first quarterback comes off the board at 20, it tells you what the rest of the league thinks about this draft class as a whole, quarterback draft class. That is not very good. That is not very good. When your first quarterback comes off the board at number 20. Um, now, I do think the Steelers didn't think he'd be there. I thought the Steelers thought that Kenny Pickett would go to the Carolina Panthers or somebody else, maybe the Washington Redskins, which I think were at number 15. I think the Steelers, their information they had, were those teams were probably going to take Kenny Pickett. So I think they, from the beginning, just ignored Kenny Pickett. I really don't think he, they thought he was going to be there for them. That's right. why they targeted in, I think, on, on, on Willis, because they felt like Malik Willis was going to be there, and if he fell to 20, then they'd scoop him up at quarterback. I think they were going to take quarterback if they was there or best available. Yeah, that probably seems more – makes more sense, to be honest with you. Yeah, now and they weren't then, going to trade up, because a lot of people said, why didn't they trade up? No, nah, they weren't the going to trade up. Yeah. No, they weren't going to trade up because his quarterback class wasn't really – one of the best quarterback classes coming out. You never know when they play, but 
looking at them coming into the draft, this quarterback class didn't really have anybody that really stood out who's going to be in the top five. Exactly. And, and see, it would have looked, if Pickett would have went before Pittsburgh, Willis would have looked like a very good pick. Mm-hmm. Because you're saying, well, hey, we waited to the 20th pick to get him. He's a prospect. He's a guy that we feel in the next, you know, next year or two that's going to really blossom. So that would have looked like on paper a very good pick. Which is why they went and got Mitchell Trubisky. That's what they were right. setting up for. They were like, we're yeah. going to get Mitchell Trubisky, and we're probably going to draft a quarterback that's a prospect that we think has the potential to be darn good in this league. Very good. We don't yeah. have to worry about because we got Mitchell Trubisky. We'll kind of slide into it. We'll let him grow into the position and learn it as he goes. And maybe the second year you put him in. Sort of what Kansas City did with, with Patrick Mahomes. Right. That was their, I think, the thinking. Well, yeah. But, I mean, he wasn't close. To, he's not close to Patrick Mahomes. No, no. I'm not right? saying he's Patrick Mahomes there. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that was the thinking why Kansas City, when they drafted Patrick Mahomes, that's why they had him wait a year behind because they had Alex Smith there. Yeah. Felt like they could wait a year and then cut Alex Smith and then, you know, bring, you know, get Patrick Mahomes and ready to go. And that's what they did. And Andy Reid, of course, we know how good he is with quarterbacks. Um, now, I don't know if Clint, if Pittsburgh is, um, you know, I wouldn't say Matt Canada's is good with quarterbacks. I don't know. Um, uh, I wouldn't put him in that category at all. But I will say this, though. When they got Kenny Pickett, that all went out the window. Yeah. Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky had to be the maddest man in the city of Pittsburgh when they drafted Kenny Pickett. When he kept seeing all the quarterbacks fall and fall and fall, he probably knew, saw the writing on the wall, like, Why is he oh, mad? Well, this is why he's mad. Kenny Pickett's 24 years old. I don't know if there's much more ceiling left for Kenny Pickett, Levon, than right now. He is a – he's not a project guy. He's not a guy that they're saying, okay, we're going to wait one or two years and then make him the starter. No, 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 no. Kenny Pickett is now or never. He's going to be – if he doesn't win the job this year for Mitchell Trubisky, he ain't ever going to win it. He's not. He's going to be a bust. So it's like you go in there and you got to make him compete for the job and you hope he's ready and he gets it. If not, the Steelers just wasted a draft pick. This is why I was so upset with this pick the other night when everybody's like, why are you so upset with this pick? Come on. I was trying to explain to people. He's 24 years old. This is, I guess, Pittsburgh, you know, since they were in Las Vegas, they decided to roll the dice and, you know, take uh-huh. a gamble. Yeah. You know, this is why, though, they – went down this road because they took a gamble. This is a huge gamble for them. And and it's like, you know, I hope as a Steelers fan, it works out, man. I'm pulling for Kenny Pickett more than anybody now, you know that, but. Oh yeah, of course. You know, but, um, but this is a huge, that's why I was upset. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're taking a shot here. I mean, if this doesn't work out, LaVon, dare I say it, am I, are we going back to what took 21 years to win another Super Bowl? I mean, it took a while. Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I can see your frustration and I understand it. I, I think for Mitchell Trubisky, he better be lucky he's on a team, to be honest with you, because his his career has been rocky. So why wouldn't they bring in somebody who's going to compete with him? You're not just handing him the reins to just take the job because he hasn't proven himself to be worthy of that. Yes, he was a number one pick for Chicago who didn't have who didn't have sense 
and they picked him. But yeah, I mean, for him, he, he needs to compete. He needs to compete. If he doesn't, I mean, I don't know why he thinks he's Tom Brady or someone of that caliber that doesn't, you know, that you shouldn't bring in somebody to compete with him. He he needs to welcome, uh, he needs to welcome the competition and get better. But I understand that he's upset. Yeah, he's upset. He probably is because he probably thought the same thing that a lot of Pittsburgh fans thought. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a transitional uh, quarterback. You know, I'm going to have to play this year. And then I have to. I got to show myself. A job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But this year, he, he may be in a struggle to win this job. He's not going to win this job because Pittsburgh did not pick Kenny Pickett to sit on the bench. Right. They didn't. Because right. if that was the case, they would have went and got Zach Willis. I mean, Malik Willis. They would have went and got Malik right. Willis if that was the case. Yeah, they, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So I think they brought that kid in to start. They brought him in to start, and it's 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 now or never, like I said. And people compare him to Joe Burrow. I hope that's a great comparison. <laughs> but, but I, I don't then, think it, so. I don't but, see it. But but with him coming in as 20, 25 years old, I mean, Joe Burrow came in kind of old. He, that's where people get the comparison from. Well, they well, developed as they got older, it. but that's it. Yeah, um, I mean, we always will see when the bullets start flying. But I think twenty. I think coming into the league now, twenty five may not be as bad as it seemed for other positions. I think when you're talking about other positions, that's old. But for twenty five as a quarterback, seeing that these quarterbacks are playing for a long time. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the same for another position. You wouldn't bring in a twenty-five-year-old running back rookie, you know. But maybe you can bring in a twenty-five-year-old rookie quarterback, and you know the guy can play on, you know, maybe twelve years after that. So you can look at it in that way. Um, but yeah, that was a curious pick. It really was. It was, and that, that'll be our Pittsburgh Steelers talk for the day. I just, you know, the Vaughn is a Steelers guy. I just had to get it out there, you know, as we kind of get our uh, – not only, as everybody knows, not only we Clemson guys, but we're Steelers guys, and, yeah. we're, and we're passionate about both, they obviously. They got like a B, but they got like a B on the um, – on the, probably the draft – I mean, draft grade, I, I thought. Yeah. I think they did bad in some other areas. I thought, it was, I thought it was a good draft for the Steelers overall. Uh, yeah. I do wish they would have drafted a um, – a linebacker, uh, I mean, excuse me, not a linebacker, but a cornerback. Um, didn't mm-hmm. do that in this draft. That surprised me. Uh, they got a linebacker late in the round, late rounds. Thought they would go up a little bit more and bring in a, a linebacker earlier than that because we know that's a need um, with the mm-hmm. Steelers. I know they did they did some stuff in free agency, but I'm still not sold on Devin Bush. And I wish they would have brought somebody in to compete with him because I'm just not sold on him as a starting middle linebacker. Well, they, they did bring in Jack that I think that could probably take over mm-hmm. third downs. Uh, you, you hope that the line of scrimmage does a better job and that those guys can maybe, you know, can be hidden a little bit, especially when you're talking about uh, Bush, and allow him to run around. The, the thing is, I think most teams found out about Bush is they can run right at him. Mm-hmm. You know, He's scared. He, he plays scared. You gotta be a tough kid with and that, especially with the the three four. You're talking about a strong side linebacker. You, you got to be a stud against the run. 
And you got to be able to stand in there on your own because sometimes you're going to be taking on guards. You're going to be taking on fullbacks. And it's a tough position. It is. It really is. It can be uh, a long day for you out there, especially. It can be a long day. People used to, you know, the reason why like, I had the bulk on me is because I had to take on guards and pulling guards and fullbacks coming right at me. So I had to have some girth or it would have been over. In practice, you had a Damani Dawson. And you had Damani Dawson coming <laughs> off on you, yeah. Uh, we had a good offensive line, so that's what I'm saying. Nowadays, you know, teams are going kind of east and west with their, with their running games. Mm-hmm. But when you start going north and south, you better have a really good inside backer that can handle that kind of heat. Yep, that can and get I just out of the traffic. Think he was, and I don't think he's built for that. No, I don't think so either. I totally agree with you. He's kind of guy, and you can swallow him up. And then you t- throw in the injury with it, him yeah. coming off the injury. He played tentative. It looked like he was playing tentative. And he just – he get caught up in the wash, and he's done. Yeah, and, you know, when that happens, when you have a bad year like that, can you recover as far as mentally is concerned? Mm-hmm. You may be fine physically, but can you can you really recover – when you know that people are going to run the ball right at you and they're, and you're a target. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. So I understand your concerns about the linebacker position. I think he's a guy that maybe you put on a weak side, but I don't know if he could, I, I think maybe he could be a better weak inside linebacker than maybe your strong inside linebacker. Yeah. Maybe they'll put uh, the guy they got from Jacksonville will be the, uh, made the middle line, the new middle. I don't linebacker. know if he's one either though. Yeah, I know. And that's I'm not the thing. Sure if he's one either. That's the thing. Now they did they did address defensive tackle in the draft, and I like that. I like that pick. So and so overall, I was pleased with the picks overall. You know, uh, they got Pickens out of Georgia, the wide receiver at second round. I think that was a great pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's gonna be a baller. I saw him at Georgia play. Um, you know, he got injured, yes, and missed part of last season, but you know, before that he was balling. And I think he, you know, yeah. you're gonna he's gonna be hungry. Uh, to prove himself, and I like that kind of player. Hopefully, he'll be the last time you know the Steelers had a guy from Georgia that came in and was hungry. You know, hopefully, he'll be like that guy. Yeah, no, no question. That'd be yeah. one Heinz Ward, of course. We're talking about. Um, get on to the Clemson draft, though. So the Clemson had in a stunner. I thought they'd have four players get drafted, maybe five, but definitely I thought four guys would get drafted. Mm-hmm. So no surprise that the Steelers – I mean, excuse me, that Clemson had um, Andrew Booth get drafted. Now, I was surprised that Andrew Booth dropped all the way down to number 42 to the Minnesota mm-hmm. Vikings. Um, I don't know about you, but that surprised me. I thought Andrew Booth would get in the first round. I don't know what people are waiting on. Well, I thought he maybe very late first round or definitely earlier in the second round. But as we said before – if he can stay away from injuries, this is a this is an obvious steal for Minnesota. Oh yeah, he's a first round guy. Yeah, he's a first round guy. You know, like we always talk about, you can get first round production, first round guys in the second round if mm-hmm. you can wait for him. And this was a, and that was the case. You know, you can wait for him. He showed up and they got him. And to and, tell you the truth, how how much Minnesota thought of him, Minnesota was going to take him with that thirty fourth pick. You know, but what happened was Green Bay offered him a pretty good deal that they're like, well, we probably can find another corner 
later on. And they thought they had, you know, Booth was on the top of their list, but they had three or four other corners there too. And they thought, okay, we'll have somebody by the time it gets back to number 52, which is where they picked, took when they Green Bay moved up. They took Green Bay's number 52 pick. So then all of a sudden, those other three corners quickly came off the board, like bang, bang, bang. And then the Ravens were about to come up before they would at number 52. And everybody knew the Ravens were going to get a corner. That was a t- position of need, and they, they were due to get it. So the Vikings thought a lot of Andrew Booth are like, we can't, we've already lost the other three guys that were behind them. We got to move right. up and go get him now. And yeah. so that tells you they thought a lot of him to like come back to move back up in the draft, which you never see happen, LeVon. You never see a team move down and then move back up in the same round. You never see that. Right. Yeah, that's just usually not the case. But I, I thought Andrew Booth was, I mean, from Minnesota, I thought it was a really good pick. Mm-hmm. I, I think this guy, he has ball skills. He's hes big enough that he can play on your outside, but also he's crafty enough that he can play against anybody's slot. And he's a tough guy, gets to run. He has a lot of courage as far as the run is concerned. And uh, the only problem that I you see is that he gets hurt a good bit, but you take that out of the equation. And this guy is a bona fide first round cornerback. And I think he's going to do well, as long as he stays away from injuries. That's most anybody, but especially for him. Yeah, I, I agree. So then after Andrew Booth gets done, you're like, okay, well, probably nobody going to go in the third round, right? But, you know, definitely it's going to be a busy Saturday for Clemson in the draft, you're thinking, you know, because there's still four more – there's five more guys out there that hadn't been drafted. Mm -hmm. You know, you're thinking Justin Ross is going to get drafted. You're thinking, you know, um, uh, Mario Goodrich is going to get drafted. You're thinking Baylin Spector is going to get drafted. And maybe Nolan Turner is what you're thinking. Maybe. And you're, you're, you're like, okay, so there's at least, you know, four or five guys out there. But you go the rest of the second round. Crickets. The rest of the third round. Crickets. You get into Saturday afternoon, fourth round, nobody. Fifth round, nobody. Sixth round, nobody. And you're thinking, what in the crap is going on here? Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then all of a sudden you're like sitting there wondering what's going on. And then you find out, oh my gosh, they're not gonna draft anybody. Uh, the, the NFL teams are, I mean, these, they're really not liking Justin Ross. What's going on here? And, you know, what's going on with Mario Goodrich? And so you're trying to wonder what's going on. You figure by the time they get to sixth round, Mario Goodrich could possibly get drafted, but you're thinking Justin Ross ain't because all these other wide receivers have gone off. 28 other wide receivers went ahead, you know, were drafted in front of uh, Justin Ross. And you're thinking he's probably not getting drafted. So finally in the seventh round, Baylin Spector's name pops up, Buffalo Bills, um, and they could have traded out of that draft. Uh, they had a lot of guys that were – a lot of teams are asking to move up. And Baylin, maybe he would have got drafted by one of those guys, but Buffalo's like, no, we want to keep our picks. You know, and they thought they thought a lot of Baylin Spector. And so they offer him with the 231st pick there in the seventh yeah. round. And um, that was it. Well, that's just the thing, Will, is that guy – you think that – we have opinions about the guys that we see. The fans are going to have an opinion about the guys, the guys that are on the team that should be drafted. And the teams do too. Like sometimes 
a team likes a guy, but they need something else. They they have him high on the board, but they have something else. That's why this this draft is not an exact science. You know, teams could tell you right in your face they they, they like you, and guess what? They won't pick you. <laughs> I, <laughs> they just won't pick you, and for whatever rhyme or reason, and sometimes it's not a very good rhyme or reason. But I always say this: you get the opportunity to get on a team, now it's up to you to take that opportunity and roll with it. You know, I've seen plenty of free agencies make free agents make the team and they play on the team for a long time. So I've seen a bunch of guys do that. So I know that some of the don't think that guys not getting drafted is an indicator of, you know, lack of talent or your team is not doing very well or where are we going? It's not that. It's just that teams have a formula. They have ways of picking guys. And you can be right there getting about to on the way of getting picked, and they pick somebody else, and that drops you down mm-hmm. uh, another another round or two. Like you could be their second choice and they pick somebody else. So therefore now you have to go through the whole ringer again. And, and that's that- kind of I mean, I think that's what happened to Clemson. Like I look at Justin Ross, and I'm very high on Justin Ross. And I figure like, man, this kid has been productive. This kid would if he wouldn't have got hurt his third year with the same draft pick of Trevor Lawrence, I guarantee you he would have been in a top 15. Now, there's no doubt in my mind he would have He would have been in the top 15, but when you get hurt as much as he did, he got hurt and people looking at is he productive? There's a lot of question marks. Yeah. What you don't want to as a player. You don't want to give teams that many question marks. You don't. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up Justin Ross because when I looked at his situation and as he went further and further, kept falling and falling and falling in the draft, it became very obvious that the medical doctors did not want to sign off on Justin Ross. And here's yeah. why, so people can understand. He had a medical condition. I was reading this in the Washington Post with his um, congenital um, – fusion in his spine you know that he had surgery on after you know after his sophomore year it was unprecedented Mm -hmm. for a player in the nfl never has a player gone through that kind of surgery before they've had players that have gotten hurt during the season like you know uh, you know as it did in pittsburgh and other places where we've seen it happen unfortunately um but it, you know, you haven't seen a guy hadn't come into the league with this already, this kind of diagnosis and having this kind of surgery. And teams, doctors were really unsure to say they were like, probably like, I think he's okay, but I don't want to sign off on it because they don't want to no, get sued either. Heck no, they don't want to sign off on it. We especially talking about in the NFL, you talk about any kind of spinal injury. Yes. You ask any NFL player, for the most part. That's right. Well, she's here. My day, the one thing that every player was, it's not concussions that guys are so deadly scared of. Mm-hmm. It's getting paralyzed. You ever see a guy who's hurt on the field, is not moving? What do every NFL player does? They get on the knee, man. They're just like, holy cow, that can be me. Yep. That's the thing they're really scared of. And that is a scary, and that's scary to NFL doctors and also NFL teams. So they they probably want they want to take a chance on them because they know 
if he's well, that this guy could be absolutely he's, he's going to be hungry of the NFL. Yeah, he's going to be hungry because he didn't get to have the kind of year he wanted last year. He's coming off injury. He wants to prove himself. This, I mean, he, the Kansas City pick. In case you didn't know, the Kansas City Chiefs ended up signing him, you know, um, to a deal, and nice. so. And and now and, and so you know, you got to think this is a great fit for him to go to Kansas City in the open space and be Justin Ross the way he's always been with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes to get him to football. This is a great fit for him. There's no it doubt is. in my mind he's going. I was to, I was know, happy for him when I saw that he got picked up. Yeah, by Kansas City. exactly. So. You know he's gonna he's gonna be hungry, Levon. You've always talked about it. It's the guy who want who works the most is the guy yeah, who's always gonna make the with team, a, especially with the talent that he has. Yeah, and so yeah. you know Justin's gonna go in there hungry, and I think he's gonna be fine, and he's gonna I'm, show. I'm, I'm telling you, if the kid if the kid could be healthy, I think that they're gonna pick up uh, a bargain, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about a bargain bargain. I mean, blue light special bargain. That's kind of that's kind of player he is, and I mean, if you saw him for his first couple of years, there was no doubt in anybody's mind that this guy's going to go high in the uh, in the draft. You know, you get an injury like he got, yeah. Some teams are going to really back off and not going to want to touch. Him. Nope, they're not. And I think the same thing happened to Mario Goodrich. He ends up remember he's he's going he's during practice during scouting uh, during the uh, North South game all, all uh, there in uh, Mobile. <clears throat> and um, he's, like, making these plays. Everybody's loving him. And then he comes down on the ball after breaking up one of these passes, and he breaks two of his ribs. Then, as he gets ready to go to the scouting combine, he gets sick. I mean, mm-hmm. like, deathly ill. It was so bad, LeVon. He had to go to the emergency room the night before and get IV. Jeez. And he ended up, in one day – like losing like 10 to 15 pounds. This is according to people I talked to in his, in his, uh, uh, what do you want to say? Circles. Um, <clears throat> he lost like 10, 15 pounds in one day. That's why he had to go get IV. Mm. And this all happened, by the way, the day before the combine, the night before the combine. So he goes out of the combine, he can't perform. Now he ends up getting his weight back up a little bit before at Clemson, um, but there's some things where he just didn't look as good as they've seen on film. So people, and I think a lot of people, because of the ribs, you could tell the ribs hurt his 40 time, and it was hurting him, especially during the combine. I mean, during the pro day at Clemson, you could tell. And um, that really affected him. And I think teams are like, eh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if we want to take a chance with them. But it didn't take long. It looked to Levant. It took literally less than five minutes after the draft was out. He already reached a deal with the Philadelphia Eagles and got a $217,000 guarantee, which is unheard of for an undrafted free agent to get a deal where he gets $217,000 guaranteed money. That tells you the Eagles are like, dude, we were probably going to draft you. We're not 100% sold on your health, but if you can come in and prove it to us, you're going to earn a roster spot because they're not going to give a guy $217,000 that they don't think he can earn a roster spot. They're not. Absolutely not. Uh, I think you have a really good point there, Will. And Goodrich is a really good player. He, he, just, happened to get, he just happened to get hurt. Like I always tell everyone, 
that you have to be fortunate to get drafted. Things have to work out for you. Not only do you have to be talented, but you have to be a worker. And then things have to really work for you, where teams really like you, and they're like, yeah, you're worthy. But when you get hurt, it, it gives them doubt. They already have doubt. Their whole job is to have doubts about the player they pick so they can pick the right one. Sometimes I think that works against a lot of teams. I think as a player, you just can't get caught up in all that. No. You get your opportunity with a team that likes you, and you have to make it extremely difficult for them to cut you. And now you have uh, motivation. You have what they call a chip on your shoulder. Now you just got to go up there and just show up. Stay healthy. Uh, if you stay healthy, you can show them your talent. Yep, that's the key. That's the key. I mean, there's been free agents. There's been, you know, first-round busts. I mean, probably 50% of the guys are gonna be, who are in the first round are not going to work out. That's exactly right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like and you're not guaranteed do. anything. They, Nothing is guaranteed. No, you, so if, if you just want an opportunity, if you, no, it doesn't matter where you get it. If you get an opportunity, go prove yourself. Now, is it going to be harder as an undrafted guy? Yeah. Absolutely. It really is hard for anybody who gets drafted after the third round, to be honest with you. Because Amen there's not as much that. a commitment for the teams when it happens. Right. And, and a lot of those teams don't want to seem wrong. So they'll keep a guy that is not really panning out. They'll keep a second or third good, rounder. But he's your second or third round. Your first round, you got to keep him the same face. That's the real deal. So as a free agent, you got to pop off the stage. You got to pop off the page. Yep. On the film room, they got to see, like, man, just because we can't cut this guy. It's, I mean, it's a tough gig, but that's how you got to be. And I used to always tell guys, they ask my advice, I'm like, make it so hard for them to cut you. Make it difficult. And anyway, if you do that, you're also showing your resume to other teams. Yeah. So just because, you know, it's, you know, like – like I tell everybody, when you get drafted, man, and I see those guys on stage, and I'm like, they have no clue what's about to happen. They, they're and it's a great moment for the families and for them. But dude, as soon as you get after you get drafted the next day, you gotta go to work. You do. Plans like you done. Got drafted, yeah. But now you're married. You know that was a great wedding, but now you're married. And you don't get a honeymoon. No. When you're when you're drafted, you don't get a honeymoon. It's oh, they 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 take you right away. If yeah. you're a first round pick, you're going to the complex right away, signing yep. autographs. Now you feel the heat. Yep. The heat is on now. They got billboards up. They got billboards. You to do some great things. Jerseys are being sold. They don't right. do that unless they're expecting things out of you. Yeah, they're they're expecting Hall of Fame type of success. If you're yep. a first-round pick. And if you don't get it done, man, you know, they're going to look at you funny or just get rid of you in three to four years. Yeah, that's right. So, it's you know, so there's no guarantee for anybody, drafted no. or not drafted. Other guys, uh, of course, that signed was um, Nolan Turner, signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then uh -huh. um, James Skowski signed with the Indianapolis Colts. So, everybody got on a team. And that was good. So the five guys we thought would be drafted were draft. I mean, were at least picked up by an NFL team. Um, so, you know, that's good. This, you know, that those guys are getting opportunities. I can see Skowski making it as a, um, you know, as a uh, um, special teams guy. 
I can really see that. I think that he'll be a good place. I can see Nolan Turner making it a special teams guy. He's and, and the fact that Nolan Turner is very smart is going to help him as well. Um, and he's got speed. He's just got to learn maybe bulk up a little bit, right, and, and kind of be a better tackler, how, as we talked about. In, in my case, if I want to be very honest with him, I was talking to him right now eye to eye, being for real with him, you got talent to make the you know talent to make an NFL squad. His biggest thing is tackling. Yeah, that's it. And if you can't tackle at safety, then you ain't gonna be able to tackle on special teams. Yeah. So you gotta learn how to tackle. He's gotta be. He's gotta get tackling. Where Skalski knows how to tackle. I mean, Skalski knows how to tackle. I just, only thing I worry about not, Skalski is he athletic enough to make it in? There a, you go. He's like he's you know he's more athletic than Ben Bowyer. And Ben, yeah. we love you. We're not talking about you, Ben. We love you. Great linebacker, Clemson history. But he's not Ben. Ben will tell you he's he wasn't the most athletic guy when you compare and, him to and, NFL. And that's linebacker. the thing. And that's the thing too. They're not gonna they're not gonna make the scheme for you. No, you gotta fit uh, them. So yeah, so you gotta fit it to what they want you to do. So and that's where that's the only thing I worry about. Skowski is I don't think he's very athletic, and I don't know like in open space, open field. You think some of these guys in the ACC, SEC was tough? Wait, do you see? Wait till you meet a guy that you never heard of, fake you out your shoes. Mm-hmm. So you got to be a good athlete, you know, in the league. Sorry, yeah. you do. You do. Now Braylon, I think now Braylon, I think has an opportunity to be a special team guy and to make a squad. I do. Too. I feel like he's athletic enough to do mm-hmm. that. I do too. I don't know if he's going to start one right away. I don't know if that's going to happen, but can he be a special team guy? Yeah. Yeah, I think Spectre can definitely make it. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, you know, he's he's big. He's a big guy. Um, yeah. He's Like you said, he's athletic. He can cover in space. Um, so he can do some things you need an NFL linebacker to do. Another guy who's very good on special teams. I think he definitely can make a team on special teams. And then if he can show progression. Now, he's a, he's a year younger than – than James Skowski, right? I mean, so he's not mm-hmm. as, you know, Skowski and Nolan Turner, those guys are like Kenny Pickett. You know, they're 24 years old, you know. Yeah. And But but um, that's not the case for Spectre. He, remember, he's a true – he's a guy that was redshirted and went his four years and played. He's like a lot of players that have played college football and moved yeah, on to the he's NFL. He's like back in the day. Yeah, yeah he's like he, the back like in the day kind of guy. Out. He's yeah, basically he's, like a me He's 22, out. 23 years old, you know. Right. So he's exactly. got a couple of years to grow. And by the time he's 25, 26, then he he can can be be, that linebacker you need him to be. Yeah, like I think he has the – the thing is he has the tools. You know, he's a smart player. And I think he can make plays. You know, that interception against Georgia was impressive to me. And he's done some impressive things. I think that play got him drafted, to be honest with you. Right. And so if you – if he goes in there and show Buffalo Bills, and trust me, He's probably got one of the best defensive staffs you can ever get in the NFL with uh, Leslie Frazier mm-hmm. and those guys. And Sean McDormand being a defensive type of guy. Yep. So evidently they saw something in him that they feel could actually work. So I think he has a really good shot of making the team. Yeah, and they even mentioned, the GM and everybody even mentioned his athletic ability. That yeah, they he's really like him as an athlete. He's a good know. athlete. He can make plays. I've seen him make open field tackles um, in space. That is huge, you know, uh, because you don't want a linebacker out there who can't tackle a running back on a check down. You don't. Totally agree. Yeah. 
they're, they're gonna just give like, like yeah he's a liability yeah yeah we don't want him yeah then it doesn't really matter how smart you are exactly right um so there's clemson and i know a lot of people are like you saw levon oh my gosh look clemson south carolina had more players drafted than clemson of course we got to understand two of the two of the players were medical worries for nfl teams right and and so that hurt their draft stock I mean, let's just call it what it is. If you don't think Justin Ross isn't a first team, first round talent when he's healthy, then you don't understand football. Uh, you mean, haven't really been watching football. Yeah. So don't don't come at don't come at me with that. And then this whole like, well, Clemson must be slipping, Levon. This is what we heard. Oh my gosh, look, Clemson only had two players <laughs> drafted. This tells you Dabo Sweeney's on the way no. down. The pendulum is swinging down. Let, let me kill that argument right now. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you have the in floor. nineteen when I got drafted. Uh, in 1992, out of all that talent, that defensive talent, and and what you saw for Clemson at the time, guess how many? Guess how many guys we got drafted? Out of your defense from those years? Yeah, like there's, like there's well, one that, of you. well that year we had like maybe three or four guys get drafted. So you don't really have a lot of guys to get drafted anyway, right? Yeah, don't let. Okay, Georgia had a lot of guys, but guess what? Normally. When you have a national championship winning team, they're going to draft guys off that team. Clemson had nine after they won the national championship a couple years ago. It shows you. Alabama that's had like a, 14 last that's year. That's the trend, though. When you win the national championship, you get a lot of guys drafted. Right. Because they feel like there's got to be some magic on the team or something like that. A lot of years, you may not get guys, you may not get more than four guys drafted in your. In your at your college, or so I don't think that's an indication of what the team is going to be. It was just these guys leaving out this year. Mm-hmm. That's it. It, it has a small class. Do, it has nothing to do with oh wow, Clemson's losing. You know they're losing the battle as far as draft picks are are concerned. Or are we really getting the talent? That's not the case. It's not the case. And like you said, we had two guys who were medical concerns. And that's the reason why they didn't get drafted. Nope. If those guys were healthy, trust me, there's guys on the board. It's like, no way they're better than Justin Ross. No way nope. they're better than Justin Ross. But because Justin had that spine issue, teams are going to stay away from him. Yep. Because Mario's had the ribs, teams stayed away from him. Right. That's the that's issue when you get hurt. It it plummets your stock unless you're just a guy that like let's say that Justin didn't get hurt or he got hurt but after his third year after he performed Justin would have still been the top he probably would have been in the first second round Mm -hmm. if he would have been able to play his third year Andrew Booth I think Trevor on the team trust me even if he got hurt like a you know MCL or something like that he still would have got drafted high Andrew Booth, would have been, player is. Andrew Booth would have been first round if it wasn't for the hernia. Yeah. I mean, he would have been first round, but, the, you know, he failed second round because he wasn't healthy. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get that many guys drafted off your team. No. <laughs> you, you're looking at Georgia, you're looking at Alabama, and like, oh, my God. That's not the norm every year. Like, Georgia That's doesn't get 15 guys every year. Alabama, it may seem like they get 15 guys every year, but they don't. But they don't. They're first round heavy, and then that's almost it. Yeah. Their first round is because you see them and they're like, wow, you get a lot of guys in the first round, but in Alabama, they're like one of the best teams in the country. So, yeah, normally 
they probably get a lot of guys picked in the first or second round. Mm-hmm. But down the line, it does. And a lot of times, the reputation of a lot of Alabama guys is that they fizzle out once they get into the pros. Now, and, and I want to say, you know, because I am a stat guy, and so, and I like to put the facts out there. And so here's the facts, and nobody comes at us with the facts, but will. Yes, Clemson had its worst draft class since 2008. That's correct. Yes. Yes, this is the fewest number of Tigers taken in a draft in the Dabo Sweeney era. That's all correct. But still, with that said, eight of the last 10 years, Clemson's had at least three or more guys taken in the NFL draft. And in most of those years, it was four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine guys. So it's just one year because they only had five guys going into the draft to begin with. Georgia had like 20. Georgia's entire team, defensive team, was basically drafted. Every single one of those guys. You know, so you got to put it in perspective of who's eligible for the draft at the time. Clemson had a young team last year. Hence, the reason why they went 10-3. and They had one of their worst seasons in 10 years. Had a young team last year, learning to grow. They didn't have a lot of senior leadership. Didn't have a lot of senior guys. You know, look at the guys he went, you know. um, You know, Justin Ross, senior. Bailey Inspector was a senior. Mm -hmm. Skowski, you know, he's he's as old as me and you. (laughs) Senior citizen. Nolan Nolan Turner, senior citizen. Um, You know. Um, the only one who was young out of that whole group, Mario Goodrich was a five, fifth year guy. The only one that was young out of the whole group was, was Booth. Booth yeah. was a three year guy. The rest of them were five and six year guys. Right. So right. there wasn't many guys that came out of the draft that were draft eligible for Clemson last year. So now this year, LeVon, and that's what we're going to get into and why I said this. But before we get into that, Will, there's a lot, but go ahead. Can I give a it. congratulations to the Kobe Durant from South Carolina? Yes, State. please do, man. Your, your guy I, got I, I need to give him. I need to give him a shout out. Because, and tell, tell him why you are, why you give him a shout out. Well, because he's a sixth player since 1992 that's gone in the draft from Lamar High School. Lamar High School is a 1A people, a 1A football program you might have a that seventh pretty, next year huh you might have a seventh next year that defensive end for yes you from, South Carolina, from State. South Carolina State yes so I want to say congratulations to him and I also want to say man wow what a culture that Lamar High School has to have that many guys from a 1A school so you're thinking about maybe 300 students in the whole school at a time he got six. That's gotta be a that's gotta be a phenomenal stat. Levon, what a school to do that. You've doubled my school, Bamberg right. Earhart. We've only had three. Right. You know, uh Daquan Bowers, Ricky Sapp, um, and then um AJ Kane. Right. Th- that's it. So you've doubled us. Right. I mean, for a, a school yeah. of that of that caliber, of that size. To have six guys since 1992, I think it says a lot. So I want to make sure I congratulate him a lot. Hey, man, I'm glad you did because you got to be proud of your hometown because you know me. You know if that was a Bamberg guy, we'd be here for the next hour talking about Uh, it. It's it's such old hat for us. We're we're so used to it now. No, man, that's – I mean, congratulations to him and uh, congratulations to South Carolina State as well. 
Yeah. Guy went fourth round. He, I was like, wow, fourth round, man. But the guy can make plays, man. So we'll see what happens once he gets with the Rams. But, man, that's – I mean, to, for him to get selected, that's good. Absolutely. It is. So congratulations to him um, and the South Carolina State program. Good to see, uh, you know, a young man get to live out his dream, get drafted, get his name called, and then an opportunity to really live out his dream. And that's yeah. playing the National Football League. Um, that's what we all want to do when we're kids. And uh, he's getting that opportunity to do it. All right. So, LeVon, speaking of opportunities to do it, speaking, we kind of talked about the Clemson guys. And, and I, the reason why I said don't worry, Clemson fans, Remember I said we talked about all the guys that weren't draft eligible this year for Clemson? Yeah. That they didn't really have that many. Dude, they got so many next year. Yeah, got there's that. no way all of them are going to go into the draft because there's so many. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way possible. Now, some guys could that I'm not expecting. I got a list of guys I think possibly could be drafted next year. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't mean there isn't somebody else that I may leave out that maybe he has a great year and he goes next year too. Because there's a guy like Nate Wiggins, um, who, you know, uh, a Fred Davis. These are guys that are in there. Excuse me, not Nate Wiggins, but Malcolm Green, I should say. Mm -hmm. And a Fred Davis. These are guys that are going to be draft eligible next year, but more than likely probably are not going to go because this is really going to be their first year to start. But if they have a great year, they're a first-team All-American, they probably could. I mean, you never know. So this point of the year, we never know. But here's a – early look at who guys who I think going to go. And of course I know this ultimate first pick is going to stun you. This is, you're going to be so surprised by this guy. When I say his name, you're just going to be like, like falling back in your chair. Okay. Um, but uh, I do believe Brian Brzee is going to go next year <laughs> and be drafted. I know that's shocking to you that Brian Brzee is going to be drafted next year, but he's going to be drafted. Yeah, that's not that shocking. <laughs> I know you're being a little sarcastic, but no, that's not shocking. Um, the guy was really on his way of being all American, being all everything before he got hurt. He's all ACC and played four games. Yeah, so if he can come back and be healthy, because healthy is a it's always an issue. Mm-hmm. If he can come back and be healthy and, and play at a level that he did, yeah, that guy's gonna get that. And 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 of course, none of this matters. But I went and did I went and looked and kind of did a small sample size of what everybody else out there was saying. So it's just not will, you know. So I just mm-hmm. don't want my own opinion out there. Um, but just a sample size. So I I I found the athletic did an early mock draft. CBS did. Pro Football Focus did. The Sporty News, ESPN, and SI. Uh, Sports Illustrated did. Brian Brzee is listed on everyone's draft board there in the first round. And the lowest he is ranked in these mock drafts is number 14. So the Athletics got him at number nine. Uh, CBS Sports got him going number 12. Pro Football Focus has him going number 14. Uh, Sporting News, the highest, they got him going number seven. Um, ESPN's got him going number 11, and then Sports Illustrated's got him going number eight. So everybody has him on there. So Brian Brzee is going to be drafted next year, and he will be in the first round. We know he's going to have the kind of year that he's going to have. He's going to be just like his freshman year. He's going to be dominant. He's going to do what he does. That defense is going to be nasty. He's going to earn a first-round grade. Uh, There's no doubt. Miles Murphy is, I know, another surprising name. I know I'm throwing it out there. I'm shocking the world here. Miles Murphy is going to be gone after next year. So Clemson fans get ready. 
Uh, you're going to lose. Miles Murphy lose. is a dog. He's ready to go a now, I think. Dog. And, and he's so smart. The thing when you the talk thing, to Miles Murphy is how intelligent he is. The thing about him, too, man, that dude can really rush. Sometimes he doesn't finish as far as getting to the quarterback is concerned, but that's just a little, a little bit of here, a little bit of there, uh, how he approaches. Yeah. But getting off and getting back to the quarterback and get, he was, I guess, the University of South Carolina, he was giving them absolute fits. That no. night. I mean, like, they could not block him. No. Plain and simple. Not many people can. Right. That guy is a player. Remember, man. remember, <laughs> Iowa State couldn't block him. Remember, like, the second play of the game? Yeah. They run some kind of little trick play down the line, and he just blew the guy up. I mean, just yeah. the guy's like, don't ever do call that play again. Hey, Coach, can we not call that? That's when you do that. Hey, Coach, uh, I don't think that play is going to work. Can we not call that play ever again? <laughs> Please, Coach, do not do that to us. Um yes. So, anyway, going to look at that list, Miles Murphy, man, a lot of people think highly of him. Of the six um, media outlets I just talked about, only one didn't have him, shocker, ESPN, um, you know, because, you know, they pretty much put everybody in the SEC on theirs. Um, yeah. We all know that. Um, it is what it is. I don't mind saying it. Um, so, um, but when you look at everybody else, like, so the athletics got him ranked number 30, um, the 30th pick. CBS has Miles Murphy, the 13th pick. Um, he's the 22nd pick by Pro Football Focus. He's the number eight pick by Sporting News. So Sporting News has got Brian Brzee going number seven, Miles Murphy number eight. And then, of course, in the Sports Illustrated has Brzee going number eight and Miles Murphy number 10. So there's a possibility you could have two Tigers taken in the first 10 picks, which would be the first time that's ever happened in the Clemson football program. Yeah. And, and then again, like I said before, man, you, you know, you can't get too caught up into it, but I really do feel like Clemson has some guys that are going to be on this year's defense that are going to be remarkable guys that are going to um, show everybody that they can play. And I think a lot of teams, I think a lot of teams and sports writers might be sleeping on, how good this defensive team could be for the Clemson Tigers. Uh, it's got a chance to be really good, and it's going to continue as the names I keep pulling off this list. So only three guys from the National Atlas that got ranked as first-round picks, okay? Only three guys. Um, I'm going to ask you to guess who do you think the third guy is. He made three of these first-round, early first-round mock drafts. He made three of them. Who do you think that guy is? I think potential-wise, it probably should be Xavier McDaniel. Xavier, Tom- no. Xavier Thomas, you mean? Xavier Thomas. I'm going to say McDaniels. Okay. I, I think Xavier. <laughs> I think Xavier could be right there. Yeah. I think a surprise guy could be there. Depends on how he does. I, I love Tyler Davis, but I just don't think maybe Tyler Davis, his height is the thing that is, is – but if you look at Grady Jarrett, then he's very intriguing. And that's what makes Tyler Davis – Grady Jarrett might help Tyler Davis get actually first round. Right. Or at least second. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Grady Jarrett's production in NFL could really help Tyler Davis. Yeah, no question about it. But who do you yeah. think? So who do you think is the guy? I'm going to go with the X-Man, Xavier. All right. That would be a good guess. You're personally going to love this guy. This pit, who they It's KJ. Have. It's Trent Simpson. Trent oh, yeah, Simpson is who they think. So, uh, you know, I keep thinking that Trent's going to come back, but yeah, Trent. 
That, yeah, and he, according to this, he's not because he's they got pro football focus has got him going number 16 um, next year. Um, <laughs> because Trent is a player, man. Yeah, he is. Sporting News has got him going number 15. And then Sports Illustrated has got him going number 30. By the way, if you notice the trend there with Brian Brzee, Miles Murphy, and Trenton Simpson, all three of those guys, Devon, are or will be third-year prospects. Right. So the three guys that probably will get picked next year, first round, according to these people. Now, I think, and we're going to get to this in a second, those three guys are all basically juniors. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be first round picks. You know, and, and, I mean, tr- like the remarkable thing for Trent is that Trent was a guy his first year who kind of thrown in there. And you could tell that he had a lot of potential. He was he was missing some plays or whatever like that, but he was making some plays as well. But boy, this last year, the improvement that he made was just outstanding. Mm-hmm. And no I doubt. feel like I feel like next year is going to be just as good. Man. And he's moving over to the moving over to the weak side because I think that's a good move for him. It's going to show his versatility. Right. Uh, it's going to show that he can play um, inside and, and kind of play in that box. And, mm-hmm. and, and if he can succeed there and do like, you know, Baylin Spector did and lead the team in tackles, I think, yeah. I think he's a, you take what he did at Sam. And then if he has a all American type season at week, then all of a sudden he's all, he's all, he's already a first round pick because now teams are looking at him and say, look, this guy could potentially be a middle linebacker one day. Right. You know, so we're going to take him because he could cover the whole field. And he's strong enough to take to stay in the box and take on blocks and shed blocks and stuff. That's yeah, that's I, what I like want. him a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I I totally thought he had another year for whatever reason. Uh, all right, maybe I'm thinking a whole back. <laughs> yeah, he may not come back, but I'm gonna tell you who's gonna really make uh I'm telling you, Nick Easton is gonna make a difference with uh Tyler Davis and Reezy. He's gonna make a difference. He's gonna get so much better with oh. Nick Easton. I agree. I'm you, those two guys are going to get so much better because of the technique and the Nick know-how. This the, the defensive front, the deep tackles are going to be hard to handle this year. I'm going to go ahead and say this. It's today's May 3rd, right? So we're going to kind of mark this day. You remember this. So uh-huh. everybody's Kind of talking Clemson's gone the way out. They're not going to be any good next year. Recycling, recycling out. out and all this stuff. Because Tyler Ellis did that picks. like way, like a long time ago, didn't he? Yeah. So, so like, yeah, he said that back at 16 or whatever. So all this stuff was like, you know, you're hearing that this past week after the draft. And that was a record for Dabo Sweeney. But next year, I'm going to go ahead and predict this right now. Next year, Dabo Sweeney is going to set a record for the most – First round draft picks he's ever had. Three is the record, and it's a Clemson record. And that was a couple years ago. They had they had Cleveland Farrell at number four, they had Christian Wilkins at 13, and Dexter Lawrence at 17. I think potentially Clemson has four or maybe five guys, six, if Tyler Davis does something, you know, gets that thing we're thinking. Potentially now, Tyler, here's the word, Lamont. They're not going to pick Tyler Davis first round. They probably not. But here's the word. I said potentially. I'm so mm-hmm. I'm saying potential. So people out there are not like, well, Will said six guys were going to go. What an idiot next year. That no, I said potentially. Yes. The key word being potential. I think Brian Brzee's an no-brainer. 
I think Miles Murphy's a no-brainer. I think Trent Simpson, in a way, is a no-brainer. So I agree with those what yeah. those other people said. What I don't agree with what they did with who they didn't put on this list because I think he's going to have a monster year. You mentioned him early. That's Xavier Thomas. I think Xavier yeah. Thomas is going to be balling this year, and when he does, he's going to fly up the draft chart because those people, those guys are going to be salivating at that guy because. He, the way he's built and how fast he is, I've never seen anybody like him. I tell you what was really impressive with him when he first started off was his get off, mm-hmm. how he gets off the ball. I mean, I thought it was better than the Power Rangers. I know some people would be like, ha ha ha, but I thought it was. I think he's and a I better overall. Coach, and I have coached, I'll coach guys in the NFL. So I know a little bit. Yeah, I, I think Xavier, man, if 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 Xavier has a good year, I think that maybe not first, but I think second and third, he could probably do it. He, if he has that guy day- has potential. Yeah, and the defensive end, that's a position that's a position, man, that is is hot right now. And let's be honest, COVID hurt Xavier Thomas for two years. No it question. really did. It yeah. really held him back. And um, and so Next year, he's going to be 100% healthy. He's taking care of his body. He's eating the right things. I think potentially he could have a Daquan Bowers type year. Now, what do, you, what do I mean by that? Well, remember Daquan Bowers' junior year? He oh, like went out there. All of a sudden, the light bulb just turned on. He has 15 sacks. He's got 26 and a half tackles for loss. He's leading the nation in sacks. He wins the Benaric Award as the, uh, the, 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 excuse me, the Bronco Dagurski Award as the nation's best player, defensive player. He had a, the greatest defensive year, arguably, the greatest I'll, defensive year by any – I guess it's not arguably because he won the national award. He had the greatest year in Clemson history from a defensive standpoint, from a player standpoint. I think Xavier Thomas has that type of year in him, and I think you're going to see it this year. And if he does, LeVon, and he stays healthy, then I think he's going to be a first-round pick. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a first-round pick. Um K.J. Henry is a guy, and I'm just going to throw these names out here real fast. K.J. Henry's a guy that I think um, can be a first-round pick. We mentioned Tyler Davis is a guy potentially that could be a first-round pick. But I think these guys get drafted. I'm with you. I think if they don't go first round, they're definitely getting drafted. I think Justin Maskell can be a late-round draft pick. Um, and I think um, Sheridan Jones can be a late-round draft pick. I think he's a guy that can kind of show his worth and maybe be a nickel guy in the NFL – so that's the defensive guys. And then offense, and some people are going to say I'm taking a stretch here. These are just draft picks, keep in mind now. Guys that can be drafted, not first round. We already went through the first round. I got Joseph Ningata. I think uh-huh. if he stays healthy, he can have a very good year. Um, and be stays healthy, has a very good year. I think he can earn a draft position. Um, I think Davis Allen, if they just let him go catch passes, can, can really – At some point in time. You got to let him do it. Yeah, I, I thought really he would good. be. I thought he'd be a little bit more into the game plan this past season, you know, to give DJ. They had to have him block. Huh? He had to stay in and block. I know that's been that's his problem. Thing. He has. He's, yeah. His problem is he's so good at everything. That's so they have to use him in a situation like that. It's like okay, well, Davis Allen's really good at blocking. We really can't afford for him to go out and run routes. Right. You know, but when he runs routes, he runs them pretty good. He gets open all the time, and he makes plays. Go back to his sophomore year, if you want to, you know, with sure. Trevor Lawrence there, the couple plays he's made. 
Um, and then, of course, without a doubt, Jordan McFadden, I think, is a probably top three round draft pick. Um, yeah. I, well, I see him. He, he's probably going to imagine be a 6'2". They're not going to put him at tackle, though. Yeah, no, he'll move inside. There's no doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This could be a good move for you. You know, you never – I mean, you get that kind of guy who played on a college level, a tackle who's been pretty good. You put him at guard, probably even better. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so that's that's Clemson. That's 11 guys, LeVon, 11. That's just guys that I think might get drafted. That's not the guys that I just mentioned earlier. I mentioned a couple other guys that are on there that I didn't even put on this list that are going to be draft eligible. You know, uh, Kobe Pace is going to be draft eligible. Um, you know. Uh, I'll tell know. you what, I like Kobe Pace, man. I really so do. Fred Davis, the, you know, those yeah. guys. Um, Malcolm Green. The, these are guys that potentially, if they have huge years, could be draft eligible and go. I don't think they're going to go. EJ Williams, I don't think they're going to go. I think they got something to prove first. They got. I think they're going to have to come back for another year yeah. to show consistency. No question about it. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, I like Kobe Pace though, man. Kobe Pace is a running back. I mean, he's a he's a good runner. Yeah, he, really is. he yeah. is. And so that's kind of your thoughts though. I got eleven guys on this list. Your what are your thoughts? You think I'm kind of overdoing it here? Maybe just slightly, but but I say slightly. Okay. I, I think you. I think your first three is dead on. Um, I think there's some other guys who can catch on too. I really like. Uh, I really like the tight end. I really feel like. If people are really watching the film, they'll see how good he is mm-hmm. and what he does. I think, you know, I've been critical about KJ, but I think KJ has something. I do. I, I think it's just he looks matter. good. Did you see him? I mean, this spring? I he mean looks good. he looks good in the spring. I, I give him that much, but I think he has something. I think it's just now he's playing with a little bit more of uh sense of urgency. Sense of urgency. Yeah. You know, um, laughing and being on the blog is not a bad thing, you know, enjoy himself. But I think now he has a little bit of an oomph in him. And, and I think that's all he ever really needed. That's it. So I, I like KJ. I mean, uh, Jordan Manfred, I like that. I think he could be someone that's definitely, he's a project, but I think he can, he can switch to the inside and be actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're not far off. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think, you know, and I, I agree. Because Justin, it's so uncertain think, with a draft, it's never known. Yeah, Justin Maskell's a stretch. I know that's a stretch probably some people will say. But I like Justin Maskell. When you really watch him, he's got good technique. He gets off the ball well. When he's healthy, he reminds me a lot of Cleveland Farrell. Mm-hmm. When he's healthy or an Austin Bryant. Um, and, that's a th- and that's a thing, too. Yeah, but he's not – but he's he's had injury issues and stuff, so – you know, in that rotation, he's going to be a four-man rotation. I think Justin Maskell can make some plays, and if he shows out, I think he could earn a draft. I know it's a stretch. Joseph Nagata is definitely a stretch. I, he's a stretch because he's been hurt. Because he's been hurt, you know, but he's yeah. got the talent. I mean, he's, you know, what is he, six foot three, two 220 pounds, and he can, yeah. run like, he can run like a deer. I mean – When he's on, he's on now. And he can jump out – he can jump like crazy. Yeah. You saw the plays he made in the spring game. I mean, well, I'm gonna tell you the guys that I'm looking forward to seeing the Collins brothers, man. Yeah, those guys. Bo and Dakari Collins. Yeah, yeah. What, and Dakari's gonna be okay. Debo said he, he, you know, he's gonna be back before fall practice starts. It's just a, uh, I think it might be something with his wrist or something, and he'll be back ready to go. So not anything to worry about according to him. Um, so I know that was concern when people saw him go down and holding that arm the way he did in the spring game. 
Everybody's yeah. kind of worried about what's going on. But it seems like he's going to be okay. Um, but I'm with you, man. I think those wide receivers – I think EJ Williams is going to come back and have something to prove. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned Justin Ross earlier wanting something to prove. I think I mean, EJ Specter's going to have to come back and have something. And he I had a huge spring. They didn't even think, expect that from Specter this spring, what they got yeah. out of him. They were not expecting it. I think the only thing – like the, the concerning thing, I think, for Clemson is the passing game. Mm-hmm. Can they get that passing game going? Can they, can they protect and can DJ – be a little bit more on point. Can it be accurate? Uh, that's the question mark. That's the only question mark. I think that's the only thing that could potentially keep this team from winning the national if championship. That, if this if this team can solve their passing game, they may win it all. They 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 got the defense to do it, and if they get the offense going, and they got the running game to do it. I mean, this defense was nasty last year without having a good offense. Right. They went like Georgia, where Georgia. You know, Georgia had those studs on offense, and they were making plays. They were making, you know, doing able to do. Man, Georgia, Georgia has some NFL players playing on on Saturdays. Yeah, they did. They yeah. they had some dudes, man. You can't, you know, you can't say anything bad about what they had as far as talents. No, they, they're, they're they dogs. I mean, they were straight up pro balls, pro ball players playing on the college team. No, they absolutely were, and that's why they won. So I think Clemson can be that because they're so good on defense. Right. And if they solve the quarterback problem. Like yeah, it's, the passing game. Last year. It's, it's really the passing game. It's the passing game. If they they're gonna be fine. I really do believe that. Yeah. Um, real fast, we got some um we got some uh want to talk about the uh picks last week. So we saw we started, we talked about early top 25 polls and stuff like that. Clemson came in at number 11 on one mm-hmm. poll, number four on another. These things are all fluctuating. They're all over the place. They're all over the place. You don't know what you're looking for. I mean, they I got, think this is a top ten team, right, Levon? Don't you? Oh, Clemson. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a top ten team because they got teams like you. I mean, they got uh, NC State. They got different eight. I know they bring some guys back, but their running game is going to be a question mark for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Utah. Utah does Utah have one guy that's you know going to ever go to the NFL? <laughs> I'm I mean, sure they've had know. some, but yeah. I mean. I wouldn't put them ahead of Clemson, no. Yeah, so there's some teams that, I mean, Ohio State, they got them at number two. A lot Some polls have them at number two. With that defense they have, they yeah, got a big question mark on defense. Yeah, they weren't very good at They were very right. inconsistent last year, and they are number two. I know they won the Rose Bowl, and kudos to them, but they couldn't stop. I was at Utah. They couldn't stop Utah at all in that game. Heck no, they couldn't stop Utah. Utah don't have Utah don't have a bunch of dudes that are gonna be playing on the next level. No. They have a very good team, but they don't have a bunch of dudes that are gonna be playing on the next level. So I mean, some of these, some of these, some of this is kind of a, a question mark, I think. NC State, I like NC State's team, but are they better, their roster better than Clemson's overall? No. It's just that they beat Clemson last year. That's that's it. But guess what? They're coming to Death Valley. Yeah. And, and as I said last week on this show, you don't go into a post-game press conference with a cigar and, a, and, and an adult beverage and do that yeah. to a Clemson team and don't think Dabo Sweeney didn't record it at the moment you were doing it. And he's going to show that to everybody. Yeah. Then you just got to beat their brains in. They're coming to the Valley. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to mark it down. It's going to be a beat down of epic proportions. <laughs> I certainly hope so. I do too. So right. uh, Pittsburgh, all those guys, you know, um, Pittsburgh's up in there. I think they can, you know, but they better not, you know, Narduzzi, as I said, he better watch out. But 
Well, they uh, lost their they lost their trigger man, so that's going to be a big question mark for them. Yes. Now they got they did bring a guy in. They also the wide receiver. Um, you know, there's top wide receivers talking to talking to Southern Cal. We got we're gonna get to that here in a sec. Um, that kind of leads us now, Levon, into kind of where we were going there with you know earlier we're talking about the draft and we're talking about all these things and we've talked about free agency on this podcast a bunch and one thing with college football has never really had to deal with is free agency but now that is what's going on uh, because pittsburgh wide receiver jordan addison did put his name in the transfer portal before the deadline and the deadline was May 1st, by the way. So people know on May 1st, Tina, players had to get their name in the transfer portal in order to play for next season. Men's basketball, women's basketball, and football had to do that, or they're not able to transfer. I think men's and women's soccer is also on that list as well. Um, so basically, Jordan Addison is one of the best wide receivers in the country. Um, and he, um, looking for a new school now officially and it's probably going to be southern cal now here's what happened a couple things happened here first of all he puts his name in the transfer portal but basically puts it out there that he's deciding between pitt and southern cal because of nil deal that's what's going on that he puts it out right. there and so basically pitt and then pat narduzzi comes out and he's mad, and I don't blame Pat Narduzzi because he's losing his star wide receiver. Pat Narduzzi comes out and says some tampering's been going on here. He's like, you think? yeah, really, yeah, mm. exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, so like, you know, he you had to talk to somebody beforehand. How's this kid all of a sudden just in this deal? Listen, this thing is a mess, man. Now, there's you got no the, regulations to it. There's none. You got the kid down in Miami. He's mad because this other kid's coming in. You know, may, you know, getting four hundred thousand dollar deal for an NIL deal. He wants the same deal because he led his team to the Elite Eight. I get it, but kid, you already signed a deal with these people. Now you're saying you're going to leave Miami, leave your teammates because of that. I mean, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like it's gone ludicrous now, and now we got free agency getting into this where Jordan Addison is like saying, "Okay, I'm going to enter the transfer portal. I'm going to go to Southern Cal because Southern Cal is going to get me a better NIL deal than what Pittsburgh can get me." So how many people are lost at the transfer portal? What was those numbers last week? Like, what did we say? Only 58% or something like that found a school. It's like 680 kids. Football players are still in the transfer portal right now as we speak. Mm. There's no oversight. There's no oversight. So you think it's supposed to run smoothly? And that these kids who are um, – 20 and younger that they know how to handle this new NIL, you went into it and there was no regulations. There was no education about it. And, and now it's just like a bunch of, <laughs> I don't know, like you spill something, it's just all over the place. That's what it seems like. You spill some, I mean, like, you spill a bunch of bottles and it's glass and debris all over the place. And now you're trying to clean up the pieces and you still got that little glass that's very difficult to sweep and to pick up. That's what this NIL and um, transfer portal seems to be. And you know it's trendy 
that kids are going to the transfer portal. It was trendy when kids were going one and done, even though they had no business leaving out early. So this is a new trend that you got. It's a new trend. It is a new trend. And it's not going to get any better. That's the thing, because you, as you mentioned, it's not it's not relegated, or yeah, um, delegated. Excuse me. And there's no rules. There's nothing um, in the world to stop it. And you know, unless it is hard, the NCAA can't come in now and backtrack. They can't. So now you're gonna. I think what's gonna happen, Levon, it's inevitable. We talked about this last week as well. It kind of flows into this. It's inevitable. We're going to see these major colleges probably start breaking away because yep. they're going to be able to offer money and finances or deals that these other schools can't. Can't touch. You know, and we're already seeing that Pittsburgh ain't going to be able to compete with Southern Cal. People in Pittsburgh don't care enough about pit football to care. To, you know what I'm saying? They're still thinking about the draft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm surprised a little bit that in Southern Cal, with the Rams winning the Super Bowl and the Dodgers and Lakers and all those guys there and Clippers. Um, and the Angels, I don't want to leave out the Angels, um, that with all those guys there that people in Los Angeles would care enough about Southern Cal, you know, now that they got football back in Southern Cal, I left out the Chargers, I'm sorry, Mike Williams. Um, <laughs> you know. Mike Williams is still swimming in money. He's yeah, probably, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's speaking good. of a guy who earned his way. And then people out there now saying, look, LeVon, because of what happened with Justin Ross, this is why the NIL is good. Now, Maybe they're right to a certain extent, but what Jordan Addison's doing and others are going to do behind him, it isn't. Because, see, he did this right at the end of the deadline period. So next year, every player is going to remember this. So when it opens up next year, whatever deal Jordan Addison gets, the guy next year is going to get bigger, and the guy after him is going to get bigger, and the guy after him is going to get bigger. It just opened up a whole new can of worms, man. And there ain't no way you could get all them worms back in that can. No, not at all, man. That toothpaste has left the tube. Mm-hmm. It's sad. That juice has gone. Yeah, it's it's has college. It, are we losing college? The football that we have grown up and has been recently is it's going to be different for. It's going to be way different, and I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't need that. That's what I was asking. Are, are we going to lose collegiate athletics? Is it going to be gone? The purity of collegiate athletics that me and you probably. I I think the purity is gone. Yeah. It's already gone in a lot of ways. I don't think that that's coming back. It's basically like the pros now. It's basically yeah. the. I mean, you think about it. The transfer portal is basically free agency. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And now you got this nil man. Now you're you're fighting for prospects. You know, it's, it's already. It was already tough enough to recruit. Now you got to pay, you know, like some of these guys are looking to get paid <laughs> and they're going to the best deals. And that's what worries I, me too. I was talking to a student athlete. It, it was refreshing that, you know, he was just trying to choose what college was the best fit for him. And, and that's the way it should be. And that's the way you would think it should be. But now uh, you're talking about the money. Show me the money. Show me the money, Jerry. Show me the money. I want to hear you say it. (laughs) (laughs) Show me the money. (laughs) Say it louder. Say it like you mean. Show me the money. (laughs) That's what it is now. So that's what it is. It's 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 turned into 
And remember, Jerry Maguire was made in 1994, right? I believe that's right, 1994, 95. Right. What? How long was free agency? How old was free agency when that movie was made? Just a year. Just a couple of years, man. That's it. It it was not very long. And the movie was definitely portrayed it the way it is. Show me the money. When you get to that level, it is about show me the money. And you understand well, yeah, it. You, get to that yeah. level, you gotta pay me what I'm worth. I get that. But in college, man, these guys are not having haven't even really proved themselves. No, they're really, coming out of high school and do, making eight figures. I mean, only thing figures? you gotta do is be a really good high school player. Just be an outstanding high school player, and you may get you may get paid more than you may ever get paid in the NFL. You may get paid. You may get paid more. Well, you'll get paid for a very good, uneducated person. I know that much. Yes, you might get paid more than the your highest paid ever under, made. You're gonna be the highest paid besides actor uh, that don't have a degree. That's <laughs> just amazing. It's just amazing. I mean, Bryce Young last year, we know he made seven figures at Alabama. Right. He's a freshman. Yeah. Now he proved himself. I give him that. He proved himself. You know, but we've set in the market too high. Mm-hmm. And, and we knew this would happen because you're you're saying, I love how the NCAA says, well, you know, boosters can't really dictate to the schools how they're going to do it. Right. Wink, wink. 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 Yeah. yeah, right. Because now all these collectives are out there. It's a collective. We're helping the kids. So the opportunity's there. It's a collective. Yeah, it's a collective when the coach goes out and recruits, says, hey, man, we're talking off the record, right? Nobody's recording anything. There's just me, your mom, and daddy. Listen, I got a guy in the collective. You know, he's willing to pay you $4,000 a month, blah, blah, blah. And the, and the kid's like, what? And the mama's like, what? And then he's like, yeah, but here's the thing. You can't tell anybody. If you tell me that ain't happening, that, that's happening. It was happening beforehand. So what Absolutely. makes you think it's not going to happen now? Exactly. You're just you're being naive to think that it's not going to happen. That this is not the wild wild west. It's exactly what it is. Schools are recruiting using this as a recruiting tool. Yes, they are. Now they're not supposed to, but they are. They are. Sorry. It is. I mean, you don't think? Yeah. This <laughs> is. When you don't legislate stuff and you don't have any regulations and no and no one to oversee it, man, it becomes chaos. You don't think Jordan Addison woke up one day? He just woke up and says, I'm tired of being in Pittsburgh. I'm gonna transfer and go to Southern Cal. Oh uh, man, somebody you don't think you don't think uh oh oh what's his name out there wasn't giving him the phone call in the middle of the night or sending a text says, Hey man, I think you'd be a great receiver for us out here at Southern Cal. You don't think he wasn't getting that? Yeah, of course he was. There's so much tampering going on. It's ridiculous. It's probably just hard to even keep up with it. They're going to probably need another – they're going to need like a task force to keep up with all this. And good luck. Levon, I bet these coaches, they had burner phones. They had their real phone because that way people like – so when the reporters like me say – you know, we want the Freedom of Information Act to, so we can see those cell phone man, records and emails. Man, radio, they got all that stuff on burner phones. I say go, I say buy stock in Radio Shack right now. <laughs> buy stock in Radio Shack because burner phones are leaping off the counter. 
the, all the people who sell bird phones are like, why are we getting so many of these sold? I mean, what's going on? We're getting them from Los Angeles to Pittsburgh. And uh, what's going on? For, I thought everybody's buying their own phones. At bird phones are for people who cheat and for recruiters. <laughs> people who cheat on their spouses and recruiters are buying, the, uh, <laughs> buying these bird phones. And in some cases, both. Yeah, in some cases, both. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say that, but in some cases, they're doing both. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's ridiculous, man. It's just like if you don't believe tampering's happening, if you don't believe coaches are going into re- potential recruits' houses and selling these collectives, then you are naive about that because you got to keep up with the Joneses. And you, uh, you remember, you remember those you make guys who used drives. to be runners, what they used to call runners. Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, the- that profession has come back again. That profession has <laughs> that profession is back. Yep. Runners, they're back. They're like, thank you, NIL. Yep, because we're back. Dude, it's like I said, if you don't, if you want to understand the NIL, if you really want to understand the NIL, go watch the Pony Express. Yeah. You'll understand what the NIL is about because that is what the NIL is. It's except it's legal now. But back then they did it. It was illegal, but they still did it. And it gives you an idea of what it's like out there now. You got guys, you got these big boosters. If you don't think the big boosters at each school aren't getting their hands in this pot, you are crazy. And these guys, you know, these guys want to be known and recognized as being a part of the the program. Mm-hmm. They do. They want to be recognized as part of the program any kind of way they can. They couldn't do it athletically. They couldn't do it on the coaching staff. They couldn't get in the administration how can I be involved and be a big part of it? NIL. This is how NIL, man. Be, paying these guys, being a big time booster, paying these guys off. And now they're like, they're like, hey, it's man. always been creepy. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm glad I didn't get, you know, recruited that high. I'm glad I didn't have to deal with it. Uh, you know, because it's, it could be a mess, man. It really can be. Yeah. I'm and glad. Then, I, you know, I, honestly, you're really, I, I think in a lot of ways, College, in a lot of ways, college is about developing uh, developing the young person. And I think you kind of take it away from them mm-hmm. by putting them in such a grown-up world before they're ready to be in this grown-up world. I always tell people that, that say, well, they deserve to make what the coaches and all. I'm like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. But I want you to think about something. Is it wise for us to give an 18-year-old Seven figure salaries. Well, you know, they say that what you know, they say, well, actors and all those get them. Okay, look at those young actors and see where they're at right now. Yeah, I don't think um uh who's the, uh, the Rudolph kid from Clemson? He's a struggling actor right now in California. I don't think he's making seven figures. Oh man. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't think he is, you know. I don't think he's making but that's a top one percent too. I mean, that's what people don't see. That's a top one percent too. But how many of these people who are not fulfilled, you know, even though they make money and they seem successful? And, I mean, after their career is over with, wow. They're jacked up. Let's say it like it is, man. I mean, like, they're jacked up, dude. Yeah, it's like everybody's like, well, Nick Saban and Dan You give them life too fast, man. You give them life so fast. fast. Yeah. And then they're adults, man, and it's not the same anymore. And you mess them up for life. You're taking a kid that two years before, let's just say when he was a junior in high school, he had like pimples 
and he had this insecurity and he's working. He was wondering if this little girl would go even go to the prom with him. They don't have a problem with the prom now. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, he don't now. So, but now all of a sudden, two years later, that little kid in two years has matured enough that you're going to give him $1 million or $3 million or $4 million in some deals that we've heard. That kid's yeah. matured enough. No, he hadn't matured enough yet. It's, it's, it's crazy. And I think we got to figure out a way and I don't know how, uh, college football has got to, and college basketball has to figure a way to get this under control. And for those people that argue, says, well, look what Dabo Sweeney makes. Okay. I hear your argument and I'm going to, I'm going to up at one. Here's why I'm going to up it. Dabo Sweeney didn't start off making $9 million a year. Right. Dabo Sweeney had to start at the bottom. Okay. When he was a assistant coach at Alabama making less than a hundred grand a year, these kids should not be making seven figure deals. I'm sorry. They shouldn't be because they're kids. They haven't earned it yet. They don't know the price of a dollar, the value of a dollar, I should say. And it's not fair to them. You're putting them in situations where they cannot succeed. The majority of them will not succeed with that kind of pressure put on them. I'm sorry. They're not. They're not grown men yet. They're not mature enough. LeVon, you talked about it, man. You've talked about it several times. You got that first check from the, check from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're 22 years old. And you're thinking what? I'm thinking like my mind is blown. <laughs> I mean, it was a good day that day, but geez, like, what am I gonna do with all this money that I got? Exactly. So I mean, I had a, I had a, I had to, and I was old enough, you know. You would think that it's still not mature enough to say, "Gosh, what am you know, what am I gonna do?" I'm, I know they have programs in place in a lot of schools that try to. Clemson's one of them. Yeah, yeah Clemson's one of them. So it, it's got, it's come a long way. But man, you can imagine giving someone who's like coming fresh out of high school these kind of deals. I mean, I don't know if that's always wise. I don't think it is either, man. Yeah. I go back to Preston. I'm talking about just book from a kid who hasn't really done anything yet. I mean, is that wise to give them that? I mean, you're doing it off potential. You're doing it off, well, you better be doing it off faith and not sight because you don't know how this kid's gonna pan out. Exactly. I always go back to my friend Preston Wilson, and this is how we'll kind of close it with this. He was uh, he was Mookie Wilson's son, played ball with us at Bamberg, and Preston was drafted a year after me. He was drafted number nine overall by the New York Mets. He got a seven-figure deal with the Mets. I can't remember what the terms of the contract were, but it was a real good one. But you know who handled the deal and handled Preston's money? His dad, who played in the major leagues. Who, who had a lot of money himself, who understood how to manage that money yeah, because he knew his 18-year-old son wasn't ready for that. Think about it, though. I mean, I mean, most – okay. But most kids don't have that. I went to admin at Clemson, mm-hmm. and I dealt with parents that didn't have a clue about what was going on in school. And then I also dealt with parents who even went to school. And they had a hard time with all, all the, you know, what you can get from school – scholarship money so can you imagine that a mother who's never maybe gone to college or whatever like that and their son is getting this big deal and how to handle that without much education you got it yep you're asking a lot you're asking a lot lot. that's a lot you're asking yep it is and so um anyway that's that's our concerns about that and we'll i'm sure it'll come up again we'll see more examples as we go on through and 
we'll see where it goes. But for right now, that's going to cut cut it for today. LeVon, good podcast, man. Enjoyed yeah, it. Man. Thank have, you. Have fun. Appreciate your patience with me with a couple things behind the scenes that the people didn't see and, and, and other things that happened before the podcast. I appreciate you, buddy. Oh, no problem, man. Anytime, my man. All right, buddy. So, hey, for LeVon Kirkland, I'm Will Vanderbilt. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll be back again next week again. So, until then, uh, we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next time. I'm believing Clemson football with the bunker. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.